Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And good evening. Well, I don't know if it's a good not, evening. Not a good evening. Welcome to the fanatical post-game Browns show, where the Browns, yes, had a mile-high flub up. Lord have mercy. It's a um, struggle right now. We are pissed off at the Fanatical Elves Network. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. We have the Village Elliot with us. We have Samuel Britton uh, joining us again. I know Sam and I did our show this morning, and we talked Initially, there's a lot to dissect in this game. We were one happy the things, back then. Yeah. One of the things we talked about was the Browns not turning the ball over. And the Browns turned <laughs> the ball over three times, which basically was the All back. fumbles, too. Yeah. Just a backbreaker. Lots of things to dissect. Dorian Thompson, Robinson going down with an injury, um, concussed. We have other major news with Amari Cooper being um hammered uh, to the ribs. It sounds like they it's they're negative initially. We also have Miles Garrett, who has been um, reporting that he heard something pop in his shoulder. Lord have mercy. Mary Kay Cabot's reporting that. Not a, a fan of any shoulder news. And uh, Browns fans are spinning out of control right now. We're seven and four, but you would have thought that this team was four and seven going into this game the way that they played. They got down early again, 14 to nothing. They tried to make an attempt at coming back, but the offense sputtered. They could only get field goals. Uh, they did finally climb back into it, almost tied the game in the third quarter, got to within 14-12, and that's when Dorian Thompson-Robinson got hurt a little bit later, put in P.J. Walker, who then Kevin Stefanski decided, like uh, Village Elliott's going to explain in a minute, Let's just hand the ball off to a player that hasn't hand, had the ball off on a double reverse or a single reverse and causing major problems. Fumble, Broncos take over. We'll talk all about that here as the game as we get into this. So welcome, Village Elliot. Welcome, Samuel. Uh, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm going to say something first. First of all, I think you should have started with sobbing music, not that upbeat music, because there's nothing here that's upbeat. I don't know, man. That was just really gross. It was the three fumbles. Let's be honest. The three fumbles killed us. Yeah. You can't. Three, fum, uh, three fumbles is 
three turnovers in a game automatically is bad, but three fumbles is unbelievable. The fact that you're having three fumbles in a game is insane. Some of those reverses right. were stupid. I don't know what, what we were thinking. Those are just bound to fail. That yeah. um drop, that first fourth down when Harrison Bryant wasn't able to get the football and that defensive lineman got on it, I, that's the second I knew the game was over, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Village Elliott, are you seething still? Seething? Oh, man. It's taking every ounce of willpower um, in order to stay within FCC guidelines on this broadcast. Uh, I just want to spew obscenities, but I know that I can't, John. And out of sheer respect (laughs) for you and Sam, I'm going to try to keep the broadcast clean, but I'm just really angry. Yes. Um, Normally I have defended coach Stefanski against uh, you know, people who say that, well, I don't like his play calling. And then they can't tell you what's wrong with the play calling. I can tell you sure. what's wrong with the play calling in this particular game. And if you want, uh, I can yeah. spend a few minutes. Would you like to hear yeah, what's go wrong? Go ahead. Yes. Well, I'd love okay, to. Okay. There's a couple <laughs> things, you know, I've been saying that the Browns are a defensive football team. They're not an offensive football team. Mm-hmm. But they gave so much respect to the Denver Broncos' mm-hmm. worst in the NFL defense. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it was like Aretha Franklin was the offensive play caller for the Cleveland Browns. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> That's what they gave the Denver Broncos. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. They were in fear of the yeah. Denver Broncos' defense. They yes. felt that they had to take chance after chance after chance. They needed trick play after trick play after trick play in order to compete with the Denver Broncos defense. Mm-hmm. It was outrageous that they mm-hmm. would give, you know, a double reverse handoff to a guy that hadn't even touched the ball. I do not mm-hmm. fault Pierre Strong's execution on that play. In fact, See, I that think will be well, Elliot, yeah. execution was called for on that play. He Let me just interrupt executed. you. That was ridiculous. <laughs> let me let me interrupt one thing about like where you, where you're going with that because yeah, immediately I, was just up, dude. I know immediately the other half of the fan base they love to throw out the whole execution. The players aren't executing the plays, and thus Kevin Stefanski is a brilliant play caller, and we should never scold Kevin Stefanski because the players are just not executing. No, and no, I want to no, just say, no. in that moment, in that second, after Dorian Thompson Robinson gets beaten, uh, bloodied by a dirty hit by the Denver Broncos, you come back, you throw in PJ Walker, and and he tries to do a reverse in that moment was absolutely a crime and Stefanski has to be held accountable for that. And any, and any idiot fan guy out there who writes for about the Browns, who I could share right now, who that is right now. And there's a bazillion other guys like that. That play in itself was a crime. And that, like you said, that's not on Pierre. That's on Stefanski for being too, too cute like he has been for his entire career, and he tries to outthink everybody, and everybody, including myself, want to give the guy credit, and credit is due, but in that moment, that was a really boneheaded move, and it cost the Browns, I don't know, I don't know how he reacted to the after that, but that was a really, really awful moment. Well, you know, the, the thing is, is the formula is very simple. 
the Denver Broncos had the worst, the worst run defense in the NFL. The Browns were in a position where they needed to run the football. And in the second half, the run defense uh, is at its worst. The Browns' run offense is at its best. Yeah. I don't care if you're you're behind in the second half when you've got a run uh, offense that can gain five and six yards per carry. Go ahead and run the football when you're getting five and six yards per And when carry. we saw them get the success in that initial drive, in the third quarter where they scored the touchdown, they they did that. They they ran the ball. They were consistent at, at mixing it up. They they burned six minutes on the clock, went all the way down the field, and you're right there. It's 14 to 12. You're right back in it. And Well, the, let me throw yeah. some numbers at you. Jerome Ford, okay, now we've sometimes criticized Jerome, but the fact of the matter is, is that he's been developing before our eyes and he's been improving week to week. He no longer does this thing where he slows down going up to the line of scrimmage. Mm. I think Kareem Hunt has been a great influence on him in this regard. But anyway, the raw numbers are that he carried the ball only nine times, but he gained 65 yards. That's 7.2 yards per carry, mm. 7.2 yards per carry. Mm. And yet the Browns acted like they were totally in fear of the number 32 well, rush yes. defense in the NFL. They were totally yeah. petrified of the number 32 run defense in the NFL. See, now, let me, Kareem Hunt was not yeah. quite as sharp. But remember, he gets a lot of tough yards. They send him when it's like third and one or fourth mm -hmm. and one, for that matter. He was mm -hmm. seven uh, attempts, 22 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. That's still pretty good. The Browns, 16, yeah, 16 the, runs between the two of them, 42 passes. Yeah, so, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, on their way to getting five, six yards per carry in the second half. They also had some dud runs by uh, Harrison Bryant, one carry, zero yards. Uh -huh. Elijah Moore, me, one carry, me... zero yards. But they were gaining yards. They yeah. were winning on the ground. And yet they were so afraid to run the ball in the second half. And instead they wanted to rely on trick plays and double reverses, you know, they did this kind of stuff down by the goal line, you know, it worked yeah. and they got the ball to Harrison Bryant and all that kind of stuff. All these cutie pie, uh, you know, mystifying <laughs> plays where they just absolutely dazzled us with the intellect me, of the head finding these plays. But Elliot, um, let me, yeah, let me, let me hear from Samuel real quick. I did want to say something, Sam, right before you say anything here. Um, you know, when Sam and I were talking this morning on the pregame show, I was telling him how Jess from the Mile High podcasting crew out there uh, in Denver talked about how, you know, the one big weakness, like we've already pointed out, was the Denver run defense. And so, um, Sam, what do you think about all what we've been talking about right now with the, well, the run? Yeah, I got one pause. Oh, well, talking about the run, but I got one positive that I know is a little off topic, but Cedric Tillman looks pretty good that game. I think Cedric yeah, Tillman looks actually pretty decent. He caught a few. He wasn't insane, but he looks pretty decent. But yeah, on the run game, they looked scared. And there was the one big run where Jerome Ford was, he got like, what, 13-ish yards or something? And he it wasn't the run where he got like destroyed by that Broncos guy and just completely stopped. It was the other one where he kind of right. hooked around the edge and got that good block. Yeah. And he looked really fast. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He fe mm -hmm. felt, he found the hole, he went to it. He also so what's yeah 
He slowed down for his blocker a little too, which is very uh-huh. important also. But that, yeah, he looked good. I think the, I don't know why we didn't run the ball more. I just, it looked like such a good um, matchup. I mean, the Broncos were the worst, as uh, uh, Elia has said, like 85 times the worst defense run wise in the NFL. And we just well, didn't run the ball. Let me ask you this, because this is like a general question. I want to know from both of you, because this is going back to this whole scheme stuff with Stefanski and all this stuff about execution, all this stuff. So historically Stefanski, the, the, the gripe has been what we're talking about here, that he doesn't recognize where his strengths are on the offensive side of the ball. And he goes away from what those things are. He ran the, he ran the ball 16 times between Ford and Hunt threw the ball 42 times. Now you go back last week. Let me just throw this out at you with Pittsburgh. It was pretty balanced in that first half. If you go back and look at the stats from the first half of the Steeler Brown game, it was very even. It was like 18 runs, 19 passes. Okay. But the second half, Again, he was forcing the issue again in a game where it was right there. It was tied or the Browns had a lead. And yet he had DTR throwing the ball, what, 23 or 24 times in that second half and only ran the ball, you know, 16 or 17 times. I know it's not exactly, you know, I, there's not a huge disparity there. But again, it's this love affair that Stefanski has with his quarterbacks and doing all this razzle-dazzle crap, trying to throw the ball when – he doesn't have the guys that he really needs. And every time we think he's changing and that he recognizes where the strengths are for this team, he throws a game like this out there and we're all going, what the hell? So mm-hmm. anyway, Sam, any final takes there? Uh, we'll come back to you here in a minute, but I know I kind of yeah. cut you off. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Hey, it's super weird. Cause you're right. He did do a bunch of weird trick plays that felt completely unnecessary. That one to Harrison Bryant wasn't abysmal. I mean, that one was decent, yeah. but it's just, it, it's unnecessary. And yeah, you, you got a point. He will um, throw out a good game and you're like, Oh wow. He's actually maybe learning. He's realizing he's shouldn't be throwing all these balls. But in my opinion, I think he plays desperate football. He plays mm-hmm. football where he thinks that we should be passing the game ball every single play. Mm-hmm. And that if we're down by three, we were with like a minute left in the second quarter, or mm-hmm. maybe that's not a bad, a good example, but like seven minutes left in the second quarter that we're like, all right, yeah, throw the ball six times. Like, yeah, yeah what? Yeah. But that's not how you do it. You got to set up the pass by using the run and he sets up the pass by passing. Like, that's not how you do it. He just Denver ran the ball 36 times and passed the mm-hmm. ball 20 two times in this game yeah because they knew it worked and we, we obviously they had better field position and they had some turnovers but yeah, again it's, it's just, but i mean yeah. williams had more carries than our entire running back core combined yeah minus one actually he had 18 we had uh 19 i believe yeah oh no that's that's wrong never mind but he was close Drink Diet Coke if you can tonight. Okay. Hey, we're going to pause for a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the fanatical post-game show where the Browns, yeah, had a mile-high flub. We'll be right back. And we're back. How is everybody? Uh, Thank you for those uh, great commercials. Yeah, we're we're pretty depressed here. (laughs) Now, Samuel, your mom is a big Broncos fan, so... I, I'm surprised she didn't want to join us on this on this podcast. But um, how's it going there? Are you doing okay? 
Yeah, yeah, she she wasn't. She realized that she was kind of sad for me. She's like, "Man, your team is falling apart." When DTR went <laughs> out, she's like, "Yeah, I'm not even gonna say anything anymore. I'm sorry." <laughs> and then right, when Amari went out, right. she's like, "I give up. I'm not even gonna say anything. Just wallow in your sorrow. I get it." She knows what it feels like to suck because last year that was abysmal for the Broncos. Well, and that's what we thought we were going to see, mm-hmm. especially when the Broncos started the season off at one and five. They've now run off five straight wins. They're six and five and are positioning themselves to overtake probably the Browns in a week or two for the playoff push. It's very dismal right now in Cleveland right now as a Browns fan. The reports are that, you know, Mari Cooper injured his um, ribs pretty good. Didn't break anything, we don't think, but – you know, rib injuries. I'll do some be, more detailed scanning probably tomorrow. Um, Miles Garrett's reporting that he has a pop in his shoulder. Definitely uh, going to do some more detailed scanning tomorrow for him. Yeah, I mean, so Scan it's twice. not looking good. And the Rams ran over the Cardinals. We beat the yeah, Cardinals yeah. earlier in the year, yeah, the but Cardinals, now the Rams yeah. are coming coming home. You know, to play the Browns, and the Browns have to travel out there or stay out there and play another game where. They haven't beaten. Let me just ex- explain this to everybody. They have not beaten anybody. Um, they have not beaten the Rams. I'm sorry. In 30 years, out in uh, they haven't out there in uh, Los Angeles uh, or or any Rams team. They haven't beat in 30 years. So all of you folks who say, "Oh well, we're going to roll over them because we're five and they're five and six and we're seven and four. throw that out the window. It doesn't mean squat. We just saw that in this game today where the Broncos were coming in five and hot five Browns were seven and three. Um, and the Browns got steamrolled uh, yeah. mile high flub. Elliot, we haven't heard from you. I'm sorry. I get back yeah, to you now. I've got yeah. about three more rants saved up, dude. Yes. Let's go. All right. You know, first of all, I really liked what Sam had to say about playing desperate football for no reason. Boy, is that spot on. Uh, I think that's exactly the problem. I think what we're seeing is the head coach playing against the defensive coordinator. And by that, I mean, you know, we're playing unnecessary offensive football because we don't want the defense to get too much credit. This is not the way to win football games. The Browns do not win football games by having showboating offensive tactics, hero ball. Yeah. Yeah. We do not win with hero ball. Yeah. We win because we have a defense that can hold the opposition. Uh, it's just not going to work for the Cleveland Browns to make up all these razzle-dazzle plays because they do not have personnel that are talented enough to execute them. Yeah. They are going to lose football games when they're going to try these multiple reverse plays, trick plays on offense and stuff like that, and try to win like that. They will win by minimizing turnovers and letting the defense cause turnovers to the other team. That right. is how they will win. There's That's rant number one. And, Sam, I'm indebted to you for describing it exactly. I love it, yeah. I really like that. Uh, that's a real good phrase, a desperate uh, offense. Truly. Let me ask another stupid question that we didn't talk about, but I've been r- ranting about this all season. What would have happened if P.J. Walker had gotten injured? Who was the backup quarterback at the end of the game? Oh, I thought about that too. Absolutely. And the answer is? I would, I'm going to throw out Harrison Bryant or Elijah Moore. (laughs) Harrison Bryant and Elijah Moore. That's the backup quarterback. I don't know. The Browns do not 
have a contingency plan if they have an injury. They did not have a backup quarterback. They only had two quarterbacks on the roster yeah. uh, for that game. That's ridiculous. No, but now, to be they, fair, how now, many teams, now, Elliot, well, wait a second. How many teams in the NFL honestly have more than just the well, one the Pittsburgh backup? Pittsburgh Steelers have always had three quarterbacks, and they I don't do? see why okay. we don't do what the Pittsburgh Steelers you're, did. You're, okay, they so at the least Steelers, ought to have okay. somebody on the practice squad. There are 16 spots yeah. on the practice squad, and somebody ought to be learning the playbook. Yeah. They finally got Joe Flacco, but all we saw from Joe Flacco was that he can play catch. That's the only yeah. thing that we saw on Twitter is he, he can still play catch. I don't know that he's in football shape at all. Right. They only tried out one quarterback for that job. I don't know that he's ready at all. I think they ought to have somebody else that can play. They certainly ought to have somebody on the practice squad that they elevate uh, to be in the in a position to come in if they need a quarterback. Uh, you know, this is really ridiculous that they only had two quarterbacks that were available uh, to play. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really ridiculous. That's just, yeah. well, just not gonna, acceptable. This is it, lack of planning. Yeah. It's completely absurd. I've been saying this since the get-go that they do not have enough quarterbacks when they knew that they had an injury uh, situation yeah possible with Deshaun Watson having a sore uh, shoulder and it, you know, that were signs that they might run into this problem yeah. and they're dealing with a quarterback that is what uh, 208 pounds or something. He's, he, he's not as big yeah. as yeah. Baker Mayfield. Sure. This is foreseeable that there's going to be an injury situation with this kid. Yep. And they need to have somebody on the practice squad, at mm-hmm. least, that knows the playbook. It's yep. very simple. Well, Any so where idiot. do we, yeah. <laughs> so where do we go from here? You're well, the sign somebody. I, I yeah. threw out, you know, my guy. My guy is Garrett Gilbert, who's been with well, the team yeah. before. He's available. Yeah. And he, yeah. you know, he's big, strong, and can throw the ball. So they're going to have to. Pittsburgh Steeler, Steelers, when he signed with the Denver Broncos after being cut by the Browns and Stefanski. Yeah. yeah. So it's let's a say, trainer. Yeah. they need another quarterback sign somebody so, to be on the practice squad. So all Browns fans are, are pretty much pissed off tonight. Um, there, there's not a lot of uh, positives coming out of this game. Obviously um, there's going to be a lot to talk about this week. Obviously number one, Kevin Stefanski again leads the headlines because of his uh, just Un, unexcusable play calls and um, those other fans that are against the fancy supporters will endlessly tell us again, how the Browns player Pierre strong should have, you know, handled the ball better or the, or the lateral should have worked better with I the, don't blame Pierre strong. Oh, I don't either. So yeah. where do we go? Like, so now we're in this position where the Browns are still sitting at seven to four Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati earlier today. Cincinnati's looking like, they're fading, fading, fading. So it's really going to come down. I think the Ravens are playing tonight. Is that right? They're playing right now. Um, is that uh, true? Yeah, they're. I think they're. Who are they playing? Are they I'm playing? Trying to think they're, they're, they're playing, they're playing the, the Chargers. Isn't that right? Is that tonight? Yes, they are. And I think that yeah, game's yeah. in Baltimore. So, um, you know, assuming that no, they're going to win this, I showed it. I think they're they're going to win that game. So let's just say, you know, Baltimore starting to kind of. You know, with this loss for the Browns, that's going to be, I think, a two-game lead potentially for the 
Ravens, but there's other teams like the, you know, they, um, the chiefs and, and now Denver rolling in, um, that are doing well. Um, you know, the Browns still, they're still in control of their destiny, I think, Mm -hmm. but if they go out to Los Angeles next Sunday and put on Chargers three Ravens zero, they put on a show like they did today i mean the fan base is going to become livid because then you got to play the jacksonville jaguars who look pretty good they're a pretty good good team team. and they and they held on and beat a very hot houston team by the way the browns have to still play houston in houston so i'm i'm getting a little i'm a little nervous tonight and i know there are including our contributors here on the fanatical elves who want us to all not overreact because it is going to be overreaction Monday. Um, but it is um, very worrisome when you start projecting out and us Browns fans are really good at that, at trying to figure out when, when what's going to happen next. that's going to be bad. And today was really just such a bad moment for the team in so many different ways. And uh, um, what do we have to look forward to? If you had to, I mean, because today, tonight, it's not feeling real good. Is there anything out there that we can hang our hat on moving forward? <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to say a couple other things that, you know, I think we, on this show, we told you that the uh, backup quarterback had a good relationship with Cedric Tillman. Yep. And that Cedric Tillman was going to come around because he was a good receiver Yep. Much like uh, Rashard Higgins came along uh, with um, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield when yeah. Baker Mayfield finally got his chance. And, uh, you know, this was really a deficiency that we had with Deshaun Watson that he would not throw mm-hmm. to Cedric Tillman for yeah. whatever reason. And um, so I feel good about that. I also think we called our shot. Uh, that DTR is a halfway decent quarterback. You know, he yeah. can run, he can throw the ball. Uh, he has some moxie. He's an intelligent quarterback. Uh, now, you know, the last play notwithstanding where he just scrambled way too much, should have just right. thrown the ball away and not gotten himself killed. Now he does have, he is too small, um, you know, and that's going to be to his detriment. And that's why he's a backup quarterback and he didn't go in the first round. Um, but I think we we were fairly accurate in our prognostication for what's going on, and we also cautioned the fan base that we thought that well, the Rams are yeah. the offensive coach is going to have a hard time putting his ego on the back. I think that's a huge. I believe true. I I really uh, your take on that. I think is not unique, but I do think it needs to be talked more about this, what this is situation. Unique? Well, we this, this, saw the this, past, I, the this and the future and, that and is so Schwartz. difficult because Jim Schwartz is a superstar defensive coordinator, and it's so hard to let him do his thing. This is just like the '85 Chicago Bears and Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan. You know, mm. Buddy was outshining the head coach, and that was. But again, again, let me just stop you there, though, because this defense really blew it again to start the game. They get the team down fourteen to nothing right off they, the they bat. They were still in it. They were still in it. If they had, I know, but but they don't. But they got to stop giving up two touchdowns and make our our inept offense have to come back 
That's now, on the if, defense. If they had why just we... run the ball, they would have won the game. But they... why? But but the idea again that I agree with you. But the that you get down fourteen to nothing. That's on the defense, and no one wants to yeah, talk it is, about it that. It is on the defense, but it's it. But that is does not justify pulling out all these wonderful trick plays and stuff like that. That's I, I not agree the with way you that there, they're yeah. going to win the game. Yeah, yeah, you're right that the that the defense had some breakdowns. Denver is a good football team. Uh, you know, Denver might have won anyway, and I guess I wouldn't have minded if they had won, let's say, twenty-one to seventeen. If they had just outplayed the Browns and maybe mm. they had, uh, you know, but the Browns outsmarting themselves, that's what we're really talking about is that they decided they were going to have a two point conversion and they're, then they're going mm. to have, you know, the razzle dazzle, uh, double reverse right. handoff. And that's the thing when the Browns turn the ball over, they ri- and actually t- assume the risk of additional turnovers on offense. That's mm. what we're really complaining about. Yeah, Not the fact that they occasionally get beat uh, by a good football team, but the fact that they willingly assume the risk mm-hmm. of additional turnovers on offense, that they eschew the run in the second half against a mm-hmm. terrible offensive yeah. or against a terrible yeah. um, uh, run defense that is really what's inexcusable. And it's because the offense feels that it needs to justify itself yeah. and be, you know, um, an offensive mastermind and that they have, you know, they were afraid of the worst defense in football. That's basically yeah. what I saw. Well, Elliot, let me get down here to Sam. Samuel, um, looking Sam, ahead. Looking ahead to this next uh, final takes here on this game, and then looking ahead at Los Angeles and the Rams, where where do you think this team is headed this week? All right. Well, so looking at the Rams, uh, I don't have the game pulled up. Hold on. The Rams had, I think it was. By the way, the Ravens just scored a touchdown. In case anyone cares, okay. um, they uh, had. Oh boy, they had a player, Kyren Williams. He had sixteen carries for 143 yards and then Royce Freeman had another 77 yards. And if you look at team stats, they had 228 rushing yards and 229 passing yards. Yeah. You want to know what that speaks? That speaks someone running the ball because it worked and it proved because they had just as many passing yards as rushing yards. And so I think that Kevin Stefanski outsmarted himself. He played desperate football. He played trying to come back when he really didn't need to come back and he passed the ball too much and went away from what was working. He, as the old saying is he broke what didn't need fixed or Mm -hmm. he fixed what didn't need fixed. What I can't say like, absolutely what he did. And so that's what kind of made everything. And he didn't run the ball when it was clearly working. I mean, like Elliot said, um, 84 times now uh, it's the worst run defense in the league. And I think that's kind of what really made it, made it hard is we just didn't even try and mm-hmm. do what was working. Yeah, but those people that love supporting Stefanski will come immediately back and say, didn't the Browns didn't execute the plays? Yes, and, but you can't you know, execute <laughs> a play if your head coach doesn't call it. <laughs> well, I tell you, well, we have a lot more to talk about. We've been on air for about 30 minutes now, and I think we're going to say goodnight to everybody because it's been one of those evenings, and I know the Village Elliot will have more of his 
Oracle Speaks shows. He'll be on um, also later this week, probably with um, our Fanatical Elves show. Uh, I'm not sure if you're doing the Browniac show this week or not, but I know uh, we have Joel Cade doing the What the Elf Was That. We have Samuel down there There'll again. Be a lot of Elf was that on his show. Who's, that's right. Uh, Samuel's got bringing the Browns breakdowns later in the midweek and then next weekend as well before we get ready for that Los Angeles uh, Rams game. Lots to talk about. Please tune in here to the Fanatical Elves Network. We can't do this without you. We we are gaining uh, viewerships. We're gaining downloads, and uh, we love that. We love that you're loyal. This has been a hard day to watch the Browns, um, but we'll get through this. We'll move on to the next game. Uh, Village Elliott, final takes on tonight before we let you go. Uh, well, I want, just want to say that I think I was very understated in this show. And the other thing I want to say is that I really enjoyed this game because Sam had such really good, wise comments about it. And I really enjoyed you too, John, but especially I enjoyed <laughs> Sam's comments. I thought they were right on, made me laugh. Is, yeah. And it kind of uh, helped me overcome my anger at uh, Kevin Stefanski. Yes. No, I, I, and I think, you know, for a Browns fan like myself, I, you know, I'll speak for myself, but as a fan who's seen this team play since the mid 70s, late seventies, early eighties, um, seen a variety of things happen to this franchise. This is one of those games where just, you, you just kind of have to move on. It was ugly. It shouldn't have come down to the way it did, but it did. Um, I'm pissed off tonight, but We'll move on to an overreaction Monday, and then we'll start thinking about the Rams later this week. Um, Samuel, we appreciate you too. Um, uh, final thoughts here. You you are the wise beyond your years. Any final takes before we let you go? Uh, look into the Rams game. I mean, the Rams were not good at the start of the season. Then we saw Puka Nakua come out. So mm -hmm. I think, and then like Matthew Stafford got hurt and then came back and then got hurt mm -hmm. again. I don't know. The Rams are a weird team, but I think it's yeah. not going to be easy. I don't think any of these games are going to be easy. We haven't beaten them in 30 years. So that's, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I think so. the Rams, the Rams just, or the Bronx. Oh my God. The Browns. Uh, I think the Browns have a, they gotta, they gotta move on. I mean, you gotta take it one game at a time. Mm -hmm. You can't, uh, linger on these games and be like, man, we should have done this, man, we should have done that. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. the coaches can do that, but like as a player, you're like, man, I should have made this play. You got to move on. You got to, yeah. they, they had a four game winning streak. They had all the momentum. They were at yeah. home. They had the fans behind them. They've been playing mm -hmm. really well. So this is kind of a game where you were matched up against, um, you were matched up against a brick wall and you had a chances <laughs> to knock that brick wall down, but it, it was just a little too tough. And so it I think, was. I think we just got to move on. And I think the uh, Bronco, man, I can't I can't think of these teams' names. The Browns, I think if they just move on and they take it one game at a time and they pay attention to the Rams and just let go of this Broncos game, I think they'll definitely yeah. have a pretty decent chance of winning. I hope so. Thank you both for being here on our post-game show. Everybody, st uh, stay tuned for more programming later this week on the Fanatical Elves Network. We'll be bringing shows every day of the week. The Village LA will have his Oracle show coming up, I'm sure, very soon as well. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Go Browns. Browns go down to defeat at mile high uh, to the Broncos, 29 to 12 tonight. Thanks for tuning in to the Fanatical Elves Network. Go Browns.